Hi, I'm Harriet Small. Welcome to Have You Got Five Minutes? PR comms and marketing podcast answering the things you'd normally have asked someone really quickly about at an event or while making a brew in the office. Hi, Harriet. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. It's been a full-on past couple of weeks with some of the news agenda and we felt that we wanted to talk about um, safe spaces at work. What's your take on things? It's hard. It's, it's really hard and I, I, I've I've been through some experiences in the workplace and you just think this shouldn't be happening here and and as well you, you really struggle to tell someone you just hope somebody else would see it and then maybe realize it and that I think being a black woman is also hard because when you speak people don't believe you I remember working somewhere and I remember telling another wo- woman about an experience I'd had with somebody and she didn't believe me until it happened to her and 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 again that's the thing is when when we when we say things believe us i think is or listen to us yeah and i think some things you just got to open your eyes a little bit more cuz some things won't be said but you can tell when someone's scared you can tell when someone's nervous about being with just one on one with another person and even sometimes when you're in spaces you hear the way people talk about certain things so like certain jokes that are inappropriate or that indicate certain kind of behaviors you need to be able to, to read the situation and think if they're joking about this what else are they capable of, of doing or saying point there's a really good um blog by um nefasa safik on comms 2.0 this week about how all of us can be allies there are little things you can do to help someone feel more comfortable or or work towards safer spaces and, you know i've been in meetings where i've been this one meeting in particular sticks out in my mind so I was talked over I was shouted at and aggressively argued with by and put down by this one male colleague who, who kind of said I'm sorry for getting carried away I'm just really passionate about it as if that was okay and then after the meeting the most senior person in the room actually was also a man um, and he came up to me and said I can't believe he um, spoke to you in that way it was really unprofessional and you know he is a nice guy he would you know hashtag not every man it wasn't him but I said to him, like, thank you, but next time, could you just speak up and in front of everybody say that and call them out for it? Because, and I think that's where those little things, that, that could have made me feel safer because someone else has gone, that's not okay. And it's on social as well. Like, someone in the industry asked for comments about um, everything that had happened with the Harry and Meghan um, interview. And then I just sort of commented under the post. And these two men decided to come for me, not in the industry, not in PR and comms. And some of the the men in PR and comms just sort of asked them what exactly about what she said is not true. But it was just so nice for them to do that because I think also online is that it can become a pylon. Social media can be quite a dangerous place for women. And sometimes you're really scared to even sometimes reply to a message or or interact with certain people because you don't know what you're going to get back. You know, I've seen quite a lot of discussion online around, you know, if you're asking staff to stay late to work on stuff or people want to, like, do you have a taxi policy you can help or, you know, travel systems companies can help. And I think companies now need to actually just thinking about things like what's your travel route like, any problems. Yeah, I think what you've said about like conferences and stuff is really important because like for me, I've always self-funded and like I've used taxis and all that kind of stuff. I do recognise that I'm in a salary bracket where I can do that. But when you're younger or starting out your career and you're on a lower level, it can be challenging. 
it's having the choice and if you are at those kind of events with other people it's thinking actually we're out with this person how are they going to get home how are they going to get back to the hotel are they safe you know is it maybe worth them texting someone so that we know that they're okay it's all those little considerations takes a burden on everyone not just that individual woman who's taking a risk so this week we're joined by Amanda Coleman, whose career spans working on the inside with a range of police and civic leaders, responding to some of the UK's biggest crisis incidents and sustained reputational attacks. As well as her book, Crisis Communication Strategies, she founded her own consultancy, Amanda Coleman Communications, last year. Amanda, thanks so much for coming on today. No, it's good to be here. Um, it's been quite a week for police in crisis comms, and it's always easier from the sidelines to pass comment on what the Met could have done differently, for example. But from a crisis comms perspective, what do you think are the key issues that are important to remember in all of this yeah I mean it has and it's a difficult one because I kind of I can see the bigger picture I suppose having worked for, for 20, 21 years in police communications it is a difficult job it is a difficult challenging environment that they're working with anyway let alone um, with uh, this last year and dealing with COVID you know I was as horrified as everybody else watching some of the footage that, that came um, on Saturday night I think the key in remember, to remember has got to be people. And, you know, you've got to keep focused on who are the people who are being affected? Who are the people who are really hurting by what's happened? And there are a number of things at play, really, with this, because you've obviously got the tragic death. You've got the emotions on lots of different sides. Ultimately, for me, you think you've got to remember the family, friends, loved ones of Sarah who really should be the forefront of everybody's minds at the minute um, because they have had the most horrendous period of time. So, you know, one of the things I always, always, always try and keep people focused on is it's not about your reputation. It's not about, you know, any. what it's about is the people who are caught up in this. Try and remember them um, when you're putting things together and particularly for communicators because every word that you say really matters. Um, and it's a difficult balance. And I guess the messages spilling out from such a tragic murder have expanded to cover women's safety more broadly, but also the media coverage of white women's murders versus black women, the bill in Parliament and rights to protest. So how do you manage your own messaging when you're in the eye mm. of the storm of a crisis with, with everything else going on? It isn't easy. None of this is, is simple. If it was simple, we'd have algorithms that do X, Y and Z and make everything happen. For me, it's about looking from the outside in. So try and take yourself outside of the bubble that you're in and this is what I feel with certainly with the Met Police and I've been there myself you know within policing you can get in your little bubble they're in your bubble of what's happened and you don't actually really see what's happening around you and that's when the messaging can completely miss the point you know you can completely say something which to you sounds absolutely logical and sensible and yet when you put it into the emotional environment that's happening outside of your bubble it just doesn't fit so it's it's finding a way and there are techniques you can use to, to kind of do it, making sure you've got a good network of people outside of the organization who you can sense check things with, all that sort of thing. You can do that and you can you'll do it on a daily basis anyway when you'd be putting campaigns and initiatives. So you can do the same in the middle of a kind of reputational operational crisis, just the same sort of thing. But we go into, oh, my God, it's a crisis. We deal with it totally differently. And actually, there's loads of things that you would normally do that you can call upon in a slightly different way to help out. So for me, yeah, to try and get your messaging right is to have that outside perspective on it. Because otherwise, you're, you're just looking at it through your lens and that isn't going to be the best way of viewing what's happening. 
And moving the conversation forward, what do you think are the critical things that need to happen now in handling the crisis? For me, um, it's really clear they need to take a long look, a panoramic look at what's happened. There's no room to be defensive. You need to be open to the recognising that there may be, there's always going to be something to learn from it. That's not, I'm not saying they did a particularly horrendous job. That's to be decided. You know, it's good that there's going to be a full look from top to bottom of what happened and what decisions were made because, you know, 90% of what they did may have been absolutely right. 10% may have not been right. And that's the bit that we all saw that looks particularly bad. So it's important to really unpick all that, but in an open way, in an open and learning way. And I think, again, you know, from my perspective, it too too quickly looked as though it was trying to be everything's fine, everything's fine. Well, you as an organisation can't really say that. It's for everybody else around. It's for the people that you're policing to say whether they think everything looks fine and feels fine. But the most important thing is openness, transparency, real transparency, and a bit, a bit of humility. You know, actually, yeah, we probably have got things to learn. Um, yes, this could be done differently. Lots of the, I can get really boring about this, but lots of the lots of the techniques and approaches that happen in policing have happened the same way for lots of years. But what we've seen, particularly in the last year, is the world has massively changed. And I think not just, you know, for, for businesses that are trying to reinvent themselves, the public services that have got to reshape how they operate. And as communicators, we have to do the same. And that's what I think, you know, when you start to look at how, how can you move on from this, well, you know, to start with, try and um, get a bit of a perspective from other people and reflect on what's happened from other people's points of view. And it feels like we're at a particularly tense point with the pressure of lockdown and rising concerns over equality and the trust and the role of the police force. What do you think police communications seem to have to focus on locally now over the coming months, kind of around the country? It's not just like a London-centric issue. Yeah, I mean, they have a really... I would say this, I did it for 20-odd years. Um, it is a really difficult job. It's a very challenging job, trying to balance lots of things. You've got lots of operational issues that they'll deal with. Because in the middle of all that, and, you know, my heart goes out to the hardworking police um, officers and staff and police communicators who would have been sitting there knowing that when they were back in work, the job was going to be that bit harder because of what everybody had seen and because of the way everything had kind of developed. I think the most important thing for them is to be really open with that conversation they're having with their community. Um, West Midlands did it particularly well over the weekend because, you know, they we're talking about vigils that had happened there and that, you know, that there was a very positive response to how they'd approached it. So I think local police forces understand their, should understand their communities. They should be able to have a, their uh, ongoing conversation with the communities and, you know, openly talk about any concerns they've got about what's happened and how that might reflect and what does it mean for them locally, as well as really championing, you know, the positive work that goes on because that's, the key i hate the <laughs> i could talk for hours. i hate the phrase you know when you see police um statements and they say people should be reassured actually it's not for you to tell me whether i'm reassured or not it's for me to feel it and i think that's the important thing is that people you need to understand how people are feeling and make changes and develop what you do accordingly to, to be able to to get them to feel better about things if they don't great well thanks so much for coming on to that it's been really great thank you 
Thanks for joining us and everything we've mentioned today will be in the show notes. We're here to answer the questions you need answers to and talk about the PR, communications and marketing topics you care about because we've got five minutes. You can DM us or contact Harriet at comsobracoffee.com and Rebecca at threadandfable.com. If you're enjoying the podcast, please do rate, review and subscribe so others can find us. Find us on Twitter at Rebecca7Roberts and at Harriet Smallies. 